Today, I'm going to briefly talk about how the United States is waging a new Cold War and how Latin America is at the center of this new Cold War. And this is a new Cold War targeting China and also targeting Russia. And the recent events in Ukraine very much fit into this. We should understand that the United States is waging a new Cold War to try to maintain its unipolar hegemony. The U.S. has created this imperial order and the integration of Latin America with the Eurasian powers of China and Russia does actually threaten U.S. unipolar hegemony. It doesn't threaten the people of the United States. It doesn't threaten the people of Europe. It doesn't threaten people anywhere, but it does threaten imperialism, which is why Washington is so desperate to try to prevent Latin America from having an independent foreign policy and from being able to integrate with China and also Russia. And when I say China and Russia, we should keep in mind that China and Russia have become key strategic partners and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi just reiterated this March that China and Russia have a rock solid friendship and each country is each other's most important strategic partner. So when I talk about Latin America's relations with China and Russia, we should understand that this is uh, this is this is about building a new pole against the hegemony of the United States, the EU and the NATO imperialist bloc. So I want to begin stressing that the United States in recent years has shifted its foreign policy away from the so-called war on terror, which resulted in terrorist wars on the people of West Asia and North Africa, leading to millions of deaths in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Yemen. Right now, Yemen is still suffering from the worst humanitarian catastrophe on earth. The United Nations has said that nearly 400,000 Yemenis have lost their lives in this war that this March has now seen its seventh anniversary with the support of the US and Britain sending weapons and constant military aid. And in, in this shift we've seen away from the so-called war on terror, the United States has instead talked about what it calls great power competition. And that is really a euphemism for a new Cold War. And this was made explicit in the, the Pentagon's national defense strategy of 2018 in which Washington said explicitly that its two main so-called threats are China and Russia, followed by North Korea, that is the DPRK, and also Iran, and then also uh, Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua. So the United States has declared that these states are so-called threats to the national security of Washington. It has imposed illegal sanctions on these countries and has done so extrajudicially by claiming that these countries are extraordinary threats to the national security and interests of the United States. Now, we've also seen that the CIA and the intelligence community in the United States has just released a report at the beginning of 2022 of so-called threats. It's called the Annual Threat Assessment Report. And in this report, it the U.S. intelligence community identifies China and Russia as the top so-called threats to the United States, followed by Iran and North Korea. And in a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing this March, the head, the director of U.S. national intelligence, Avril Haines, referred to the People's Republic of China as the top threat. And she said that Beijing, quote, remains an unparalleled priority for the intelligence community. Now, note that, that the use of that language, unparalleled priority. That means that the US sees China as its top threat. And anytime the United States talks about Latin America these days, it talks about China's relations 
It's bilateral relations with countries in Latin America, and we've seen repeated invocation of the Monroe Doctrine in regard to that. I'll get to that in a moment. Just, just a few weeks ago, the, uh, the top Latin America foreign policy advisor for Joe Biden, Juan Gonzalez, did an interview in, with Voice of America, which is a CIA-created U.S. government media outlet, in which he said explicitly that the new Western sanctions imposed on Russia over its military intervention in Ukraine are also explicitly targeted at the economies of Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. So we see another example of this new Cold War in which the U.S. takes actions against Russia, but in, those actions are also aimed at socialist forces and anti-imperialist forces in Latin America. And the U.S. increasingly sees these countries as part of a unified bloc, which, as I said earlier, I mean, this is part of a, the creation of an independent bloc to challenge unipolar U.S. hegemony and its illegal sanctions and illegal wars around the world. We also saw this very clearly recently in the U.N. vote on Ukraine. If you look at the countries that voted in alliance with Russia or that abstained, they are pretty much all of the countries with socialist and anti-imperialist governments, including, you know, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, Bolivia, also Laos, Vietnam, China, um, and also countries that had anti-colonial revolutions like in Algeria and Angola and Eritrea. So we see that the United, United States, through this new Cold War, has been trying to force the creation of really a kind of bipolar order to prevent the creation of a multipolar order. And Latin America has become a key part of this, this architecture to build a multipolar world through integration with China and Russia, not only economically, but through political integration with groups like the, the Group of Friends in Defense of the UN Charter. And we should also understand that while the U.S. is, is threatening China and Latin America, and while it's sending weapons, billions of dollars of weapons to Ukraine, it is deploying its military to these regions. And we saw that after Russia started its military intervention in Ukraine on February 24th, just two days later on February 26th, the U.S. Navy sent a guided missile destroyer through the Taiwan Strait, directly threatening China. And of course, we know that the United States has military forces in Taiwan that are training separatists for a future war against the People's Republic of China. Now, just a day after the U.S. sent this missile ship, this missile guided uh, destroyer through the Taiwan Strait, on February 27th, the next day and 28th, the U.S. Navy held anti-submarine warfare exercises with Colombia. And they, in these military exercises, the Colombian Navy for the first time ever used a nuclear submarine from the United States. So this is a clear threat to Venezuela one day after the U.S. threatened China militarily. And let's not forget that Colombia is the first and only special partner of NATO in South America. Now, I, I want to remind people, NATO stands for North American Treaty Organization. And last time I looked at a map, Colombia is very much excuse me, North Atlantic. There's a Freudian slip there. I mean, it is the North American, really, but it's the North Atlantic. But last time I looked at a map, Colombia, which is firmly in South America, is not in the North Atlantic region. We see that NATO is, has nothing to do with the North Atlantic. NATO, in, in fact, is the North American uh, military organization. It is a U.S. imperial military alliance. And we see that the role of Colombia uh, has, has exposed this. And the fact that the U.S. is doing military exercises in the Caribbean Sea with, with Colombia right near the border of Venezuela after threatening China. Once again shows how similar these uh, new Cold War tactics are. 
And finally, this brings me to the discussion of the Monroe Doctrine. This is an 1823 colonial doctrine. It's nearly 200 years old. And we've seen it in the past few years invoked more and more, and always in the context of the US threatening China and Russia for daring to have consensual bilateral relations with countries in Latin America. We saw that Trump, Donald Trump, the former US president, invoked the Monroe Doctrine in his United Nations General Assembly address in 2018. This was Washington saying on the international stage, Latin America is our colonial backyard. We also saw that the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, a former oil industry executive, he openly invoked the Monroe Doctrine, as did U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton, specifically in regard to Venezuela, threatening Venezuela for daring to have relations, bilateral relations with China against a, an illegal U.S. blockade. And we also saw this even more recently invoked just earlier this year, in 2022, when the Argentine president, who's certainly not a revolutionary, in fact, he has unfortunately sometimes played a role of criticizing some of the progressive and revolutionary anti-imperialist governments in the region. But Argentina also has its own national interest. Argentina has been repressed by U.S. imperialism, and Argentina is trapped in $44.5 billion in odious debt from the International Monetary Fund, which is an arm of the United States. And Alberto Fernandez, the center-left president or centrist president of Argentina, recently took a trip to China and Russia. And he said very explicitly that Argentina needs a new era in relations because the Washington-dominated IMF has not allowed Argentina to pursue an independent path. And this shows that even countries in the region that do not have progressive or, or at least revolutionary socialist governments, even other countries in the region, even some countries in Latin America that have conservative governments and reactionary governments, they have recognized that China is offering them more favorable economic agreements. And even on bourgeois terms, they understand that the US empire is not willing to have favorable bilateral relations. Now, I mention this because not only is this important in terms of Latin America and China, but also because the response of the US government to this trip by Alberto Fernandez to both China and Russia was very revealing. We saw one of the top allies of Donald Trump, Matt Gates, who is a congressman from Florida. And on the floor of the US House of Representatives on February 7th, he invoked the Monroe Doctrine. He, de and he declared that there is a quote, significant threat to our nation accelerating rapidly close to home. Now, I want to remind the geographically challenged congressman that Argentina is not in any way close to the U.S. borders. But I mean, I, I excuse him because most North Americans know nothing about geography, yet alone history. But in this disgusting colonial speech, Matt Gates declared, this is an exact quote, on the floor of the U.S. Congress just a month ago, quote, Argentina, a critical nation and economy in the Americas has just latched itself to the Chinese Communist Party by signing on to the One Belt, One Road initiative. And he also said that this is a direct challenge to the Monroe Doctrine. Now, unwittingly, he was right that it is a direct challenge to the Monroe Doctrine, but not in the way that he meant it. It is a direct challenge because countries in Latin America are saying that they refuse to tolerate this 200-year-old colonial doctrine, that they are not the colonial backyard of the United States, or as President Joe Biden recently said, the front yard. And he appeared to be confused and, and he appeared to believe that calling Latin America the U.S. front yard would be construed as a compliment. But no, it, it again shows that the, 
that the colonial mentality in which the United States sees Latin America as its, as its colonial property very much lives on. Trump referred to it as the U.S. backyard. The Democratic President Biden refers to Latin America as the colonial front yard. But it shows that this is, you know, a bipartisan colonialist doctrine. You can pick your flavor of neocolonialism, backyard or front yard. But at the end of the day, the, these colonial policies are shared regardless of who is U.S. president. And finally, concluding here, I'll say that we also see that we see that countries in Latin America are recognizing more and more that China and Russia as a strategic bloc, they offer more favorable trade agreements. We've seen that this December, Cuba joined the Belt and Road Initiative following after Venezuela did the same. And then this January, President Daniel Ortega at his inauguration announced that Nicaragua is also integrating with the Belt and Road Initiative. And the last thing I'll say here is we should keep in mind that one of the reasons that the United States has been so desperate to invoke the Monroe Doctrine and, and oppose any attempts by Latin America to have an independent foreign policy and have bilateral relations with China and Russia is also because Washington recognizes that some of the only countries in the world that still recognize Taiwan, which is part of the People's Republic of China, these countries, only if 13 countries on earth still recognize Taiwan as a so-called independent country. And I wanna remind the listeners and viewers here that some of the only countries of these 13 on the, on the planet that recognize Taiwan are in the Americas or in the Caribbean, specifically Guatemala, Haiti, and Honduras, as well as Paraguay, um, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia or St. Lucis, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So these countries represent around half, that is Central America and the Caribbean represent around half of the countries of the 13 countries on earth that still recognize Taiwan against international law as an independent state. So I think this is another reason that, the, that Washington is so desperate to bully countries in Latin America and the Caribbean to prevent them from having favorable bilateral relations with, with China and Russia by extension, because the United States understands that Taiwan is, in, in US strategy, Taiwan is meant to be a, a, a colonialist outpost. The US strategy of the new Cold War is to support a secessionist movement and potentially a war with the People's Republic of China and to turn Taiwan back into a US military base with nuclear weapons as Taiwan was for decades from the 1950s into the 1970s during the first Cold War. So in this new Cold War, the United States is trying to turn Taiwan into a colonial outpost to threaten the People, People's Republic of China. And it's threatening countries in Central America and the Caribbean to maintain relations, diplomatic relations with Taiwan in order to continue serving as this kind of colonial outpost as part of its new Cold War strategy against China and also Russia. So this is why today I was talking about how Latin America and the Caribbean have become a key focus of US imperialism and its designs against China and Russia in the new Cold War and why the peoples and the progressive movements of Latin America and the Caribbean have said more and more stridently that they refuse to be the colonial backyard of the United States and they want bilateral relations with China and Russia and Vietnam and Iran and all countries around the world. And they need to tell the United, they've been telling the United States that it needs to move beyond this 200 year old Monroe Doctrine. This, this, these colonialist policies are bad for working people around the entire world. All they do is serve the interests of a small handful of capitalist oligarchs 
And more and more, as we saw in comments from former president of Brazil, Dilma Rousseff, and many other presidents, Latin America has said clearly that it, it's not going to play along with the U.S. designs in the new Cold War.